the curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and his arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sent with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me, stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me, and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. Good morning. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship. We're so glad that you're in God's house today. We're going to get in his presence, and he's going to do great and mighty things. Heavenly Father, we look to you, and we give you thanks and praise that our Lord Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And we just give you the high praise today. We exalt you, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Stand together this morning. Are you ready to worship? Jesus, he loves me. He loves me, He is for me, Jesus, how can it be, He loves me, He is for me, 
right? You know, in this world, you have opportunities to let your joy be stolen. And Satan works hard to try to steal your joy. If you feel, if you've been feeling like your joy has been uh, dampered, like your joy has been restricted, like your, your joy has been being tried to be taken away from you, God wants you to have joy. He wants you to have joy that overflows. Anybody feeling like that? I want you to come up here right now in the name of Jesus. If you've been feeling like the pressures of life have been trying to stand for your joy, your joy is going to be released. Like the opening of a soda bottle. valuable to us, Lord. You are the most important person in this room right now. And you do the most amazing things. And we thank you, Lord, that you speak to us. to enter into my flow. Enter into my flow that you may grow. I'm moving in the earth. I'm moving in your city. I'm moving in your home. I'm moving in your heart. So enter 
you where I want you to go. Release the reins. Release the control. And I will take you to great and wonderful places, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, you may be seated if you can. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. <clears throat> they do an amazing job, don't they? Hallelujah. Well, we're glad that you're here this morning at Victory Christian Fellowship. And if you're watching online, we just want to say hello and welcome to you as well. There's no distance in the spirit. Amen. amen. But we're glad of you that are, are here with us. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Well, we're just getting started. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to speak the word of God. As we make our confession, I want to invite everyone to uh, join in as we make this confession about God's love. By, By faith, faith, I, I choose, choose to walk and live in love. God is love and we live for him and walk with him. him. We, we welcome, welcome and receive God's perfect love and we are fearless. Love is having God's nature within us. Love is God's adhesive power that binds us together. Love is the fruit of the recreated human spirit planted in our heart by God. Love is born of the spirit of God. Love makes my faith work. Love is God in action. God so loved that he gave. God so loved that he acted. God Jesus, Jesus so loved that he came to earth, earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the dead. He chose to love me. He shows his love to love. And he gave his love to me. Love transforms our lives, our workplaces, and our homes. It makes life better. Our love abounds more and more and displays itself in greater depths, in real knowledge, and, and in practical, practical insight. We have unfailing and fervent love for one another. We overlook unkindness and we unselfishly seek the best for others. Through God's love, we are more thoughtful, gentle, and tender. Our love never grows old and never wears out. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Good morning, BCF. <laughs> okay. Um, announcements. So, Tuesday is youth group. And that starts at 6 p.m. Um, speaking of the youth group, our Palazzo Creations. Today, um, all donations are going towards Pastor Doug's trip to India. So, he actually leaves for India on Wednesday. August 10th, so that's this Wednesday. 
And, which means that our Wednesday night refreshing service, which is at 6.30, we will have Dr. Fiona speaking. So that is exciting. Saturday, yeah, Saturday is the youth breakfast, and that starts at 9. So we have lots of events going on this week, but we are excited to hear God's word at all of our events. All right, and we also have coming up is CIA, which stands for Christians in Action. So our Bible adventure program that's been happening for third through fifth graders, we are expanding into the middle school. Isn't that exciting? It is the first one in Lebanon County, so we are very excited to be breaking ground in this area. If you are interested in participating in any way, we need drivers, listeners, prayer support. Um, You can see Pastor Nadine for more information. All right, and then, oh, wrong way. We have um, our kitchen project so that we can get new ovens and a refrigerator and vent because we love to eat here. And so we do everything with excellence for the kingdom of God. And then we also have our stage lights project as well. So that way we can, continuing with excellence, look good for our online as well. So they can see everybody and see what's going on. And we also have our online store. So that way everybody can experience what we have here. So our things back for Palazzo Creations, our items in the bookstore, everything is also online. Because we want to reach people everywhere we go. All righty. And so my fact that I wanted to share with you guys is I was thinking about that scripture, um, you know, the land flowing with milk and honey. And I thought, that's a weird thing to mention is milk and honey. I'm like, of all of the things to pick, I was like, you know, oats, sweet. I was like, why milk and honey? <laughs> you know, crops, I was just thinking, you know, I don't know what their version of prosperity looked like back then. But to me, that was interesting. I'm like, milk and honey. So I did a little bit of research. And honey is the only food which contains all of the ingredients needed to keep you alive. So it has water, vitamins, minerals, enzymes that give you energy, and antioxidants that improve the human brain functioning. Right? So honey is the only food that has all of those things necessary to keep you alive. Now milk, we know, has calcium in it, which strengthens your bones. So when... The two actually work together because the milk and honey, the milk helps maximize the absorption of the honey into the body. Right? I'm like, oh, that makes sense now. Right? So the promised land, right, that God has for us, he set it up perfectly. Everything you need in order to maximize your absorption of the word. And the cool thing is, you know, back then they had to travel really far to actually get to, like, a promised land, right, like someplace over in the Middle East at this point, and we don't have to do that. We have the promised land right in the word and right in our hearts, which is awesome. So, yeah, that's everything. Amen. We have amazing announcements here and amazing people, and uh, we're so grateful for the people that are Regular attenders and supporters of this great work. Amen? Amen. And uh, we have uh, 
the privilege of uh, being able to touch the world from Palmyra, Pennsylvania. And um, twice, people from other countries saw our online uh, broadcast, and uh, they contacted me, never met them before, and uh, one was from India, one was from Africa. And uh, as a result of them seeing this online, and they contacting us, then uh, I had the privilege of going to uh, India and then uh, also to Kenya. And uh, so we are touching the world. Yes. Amen. Um, I want to make an announcement today. Uh, I was notified that we are going to be receiving a school bus for free. And um, there is a, uh, a bus company owner out of uh, Lancaster. And uh, when he gets new buses in, he likes to donate buses. And someone who's not even part of this church recommended that this church get one. So we are going to be getting one uh, sometime this month. And uh, we're very excited about that. It'll be a 70-passenger bus. We're getting it for free. Amen. And uh, we're excited about that. So uh, that's going to be our third vehicle that was given to this church for free. Amen. God is a good God. Amen. And so uh, this Wednesday... I'll be leaving uh, for India. I won't have much of an online presence for the time that I'm there, uh, just for uh, different reasons, for security reasons, really. And uh, I'm going to be teaching in a Bible school there, and I'm very excited. Uh, How many were here when uh, Pastor uh, Sushil Kumar was here on a Wednesday night? Well, uh, I'm going to be joining with him in his school. And uh, Monday through Friday, we're going to be teaching two courses uh, nine to five, Monday through Friday. And, uh, so I'm excited about that. And then Sunday I get to preach, uh, in the church there. So I'm going to go represent, uh, VCF. And, uh, as we touch, I would like all the leaders, uh, to come up now at this time. I'm going to have Dr. Fiona pray over me, uh, as we go. Hallelujah. You know, it is a, uh, it is a sacrifice of, uh, time and, uh, resources and, uh, being away from my awesome family, Josiah, if you want to come up here too, you can. Hallelujah. Just want you to stand up and uh, stretch forth your hands to me and uh, just going to receive your prayers as you pray over this trip. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you the praise and Thank the honor you, and the Jesus. glory for the way that you have set up your kingdom, Father, that you have uh, freely you've given to us and Hallelujah. freely as we receive, we give out to others. Yes, Lord And so, Jesus. Father, from this church... And this body and as a family, we send out uh, Doug and we thank you, Lord, that he is protected. Yes. He is kept safe and that he has a word in season for the people that yes. he is going to minister to. And Father, I pray that every word that he speaks to them will produce fruit abounding yes. forever. I thank you, Father, Hallelujah. that nations will be touched through the people that will be there receiving, Father. I thank you, Lord, it will become a perpetual uh, reception for their generations to come. We speak to the nation that it must submit to the word of God. It must bow its knee to the word of God. And so we send your messenger, your teacher, Father, your apostle with the word to birth things, to straighten things out, to teach things, 
to uh, to give expansion to the oh, kingdom yeah. of God in the country of India. We mention the name of the country and we speak the protection yes. of angelic hosts yes. around him. That no no harm shall come nigh his dwelling or the people yes. that he teaches or touches or speaks to, yes. they are protected in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your power and authority that is greater than any other. And we thank you, Lord, that as he, as he goes there, we are protected here. I thank you, Father, that the work continues to grow here, that we reap harvest here, that we see increase here. And we thank you, Father, for this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I want to read something uh, to you from the book of uh, Ezra, chapter 1 and verse 7. Ezra, chapter 1, verse 7, he was uh, around the time of uh, Nehemiah, and uh, Ezra was a scribe, and it says in Ezra 1, 7, it says, also Cyrus the king brought forth the vessels of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had brought forth out of Jerusalem, and had put them in the house of his gods. Um, I want to back up to verse 2. If we could back up to verse two. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judea. This is Cyrus. A uh, he is not a Jew. Uh, Don't know what his relationship with God is like, but he is a Persian uh, ruler. And then he says, who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah and build a house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. Notice he identified a place uh, for God and whosoever remains in any place where he sojourns or where he goes. Let the men of his place help him with silver and gold and with goods and beasts beside the free will offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. And then he gathered his chief over all the vessels. Nebuchadnezzar, when he invaded Jerusalem, took all the vessels and put them in his house of idols. But Cyrus was giving them back to God's house. 5,400 pieces of uh, gold and silver, uh, different uh, items, he returned to the house of God. Amen? Amen. But he encouraged the people that were there to support the house of God. Amen? And you're here today, you're watching online, you get to invest in the kingdom of God today. Amen? You're not just investing in a church, this is God's church. You are God's people. I'm God's servant. Amen? And you're investing in a work of God. This goes beyond any human person, and Jesus will receive your gifts, amen? And not only will he receive them, but he'll give you such a return, an awesome and incredible return on your gifts, amen? So in your giving today, you can give to VCF. Those of you that are here, you can give any time during the service uh, there by the bookstore, and there as you come in, there's your seed planters. They have envelopes there. You can give any time 
during the service, and I really mean that. If you're watching online, you can go through our website, and uh, it's available to you that way. And I know that uh, this uh, message is going out over the airwaves to nations and different places. Amen? Amen. And we appreciate uh, those that watch and uh, participate with that. So, Father, this morning, I give you thanks and praise for the blessing of the Lord. You make your givers rich, and you add no sorrow with it. And I thank you, Lord, that they are protected, they are provided for, and they are prospering. It is because of your blessing that is on them. And I thank you, Lord, that the devourer is rebuked in their lives. And windows of heaven are opened, and you're pouring out on them too many things that their rooms cannot contain. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen, hallelujah. All right, we're going to dismiss our kids this morning. We have kids living in faith every day, kids' lives. So kids, have a great class. Glory to God. So I do need your prayers. I'm going to be spending about uh, 30 hours in a plane over the next 10 days. So hallelujah. And uh, but I'm excited and uh, God is good. Amen. Were you ready for the word this morning? How many are hungry for God? How many are thirsty for righteousness? Well, the only thing that you need to be filled is to be hungry and thirsty. Amen. I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. And uh, how many know someone, you may have heard someone say, I wish I had this life or a different life than the one that I have. How many has ever heard someone say that? And, uh, you know, sometimes... We look at the life that we have and we see someone else and we're desirous of what they have and the good things that happen to them and say, oh, I just, I wish I could have that life, you know, but you know what? You can. God came to give you a different life. He came to give you a new life. And today I want to talk to you about a new way of living, a new way of living. And really, it's not really new It's just back to the original. You know, it's the original design. I mean, when you look at the original design of something, it speaks of of something, of the initial vision. And when God puts it forth, you know, God's full intent is to make his original design happen in your life. You can have a good life, a blessed life, a victorious life. A prosperous life. God came to give you that kind of life. You don't have to wish anymore. It can be a reality for you today. And many of you are living this new life. Amen. But I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 1. And I want you to look at verse 26. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. And God said, let us... Talking about the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish. If you're a fisherman, you got dominion over fish. 
and let them and over fish of the sea and over all the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female. Everybody say male and female. There is no other option other than male and female. Those are the only two options. And God made you the way you made, he made you. And you can't choose to be something other than what God made you. No matter how hard you try or what kind of paint you put on the outside. He created them and God blessed them. In the garden, we have the picture of the perfect spiritual life that God fully intended for mankind. In the garden, there was constant communication and fellowship with God. God would come and he would walk in the cool of the day with his man, Adam, and they would talk, they would interact, right? God, Adam got to name the animals and and. And God just, there was a presence of God in the garden. There was an abundance in the garden. God told man, he said, from every tree you can freely eat. Everybody say freely. Freely. Without restriction, without limitation, you could eat whatever you wanted except for one tree. That was really representative of the tithe. Don't touch the tithe. That's God's. You just leave that alone, and God will show you what you need. So there was, there was God's presence. There was God's fellowship. There was an abundance. Amen. There was provision. There was protection. Everything was good. There was glory. Amen. And uh, even when, when God saw that man needed some help, he made a helper. Hallelujah. Help, was, help, was, help came in the garden. So these, this is the life that God wants you to live. This is the picture of the perfect spiritual life. You know, God called you to live a spiritual life. We're not just to live a natural life. We can go beyond the natural because God is a spirit. And they that worship him, worship him in spirit and truth. So God made us. In his image, in his look, in his in his likeness. Look around. Look at your neighbor. Look at different people. Guess what? This is what God looks like. Look at your neighbor and say, "You're you're wonderfully made." So God made us in His image. God is a spirit. You're a spirit. You have a soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a body. Eventually, God put on a body. Amen? Because he had to redo the mistake that was made in the beginning. So, there, the garden was beautiful. The garden was lush. There were no thorns, there were no thistles, 
There wasn't even any toil. Man didn't break a sweat. God watered the garden. God planted the garden. All man had to do was take care of what God already did. Amen? The perfect spiritual life. Okay? So God made us in his image and in his likeness. In other words, we resemble God. You know, when a baby is born, they're going to have some resemblances of the parents. Amen? They're going to have some features, some characteristics. How many of you look at yourself and say, um, just like my mom or dad? I look at me and I say, yeah, I got my dad's hands. Definitely got my dad's hands. Amen. And I can see different characteristics of me that resemble my parents. Why? Because God used their union together to make me. Amen. And God wants us to be united with him. Okay. So we are made in his image. Right. We are, we are a representative form of God. Amen? And uh, it's like a painting or a photograph or a sculpture. You know, every painting has characteristics of the artist. Right? Every sculpture has characteristics of the sculpt of the person who made it. Right? So, because God made us, we have characteristics of God. Alright? We uh, resemble him and we're made in his likeness. We're made in uh, similar to him uh, in fashion. Amen? Go to Genesis 5.3. Genesis 5.3. Okay? And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness. After his image. And called his name Seth. Now, I don't know why they use the term, but how many... Sometimes when a baby is born, you say he's a spitting image. Well, I don't know why he's a spitting. Maybe he's a preacher, right? I'm I'm, I'm a spitting image, right? I'm a spitting preacher. (laughs) Sometimes I spit so much that one of my friends one time when I was preaching, he said, Doug, I'm going to get you a shirt that says spit happens. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. Go to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12 and verse 16. Mark 12 and verse 16. We're going somewhere today, amen? We're going to learn how to live a new way of live a new way of life. A new way of living. How to live the spiritual life that God intended for us to live. That God provided for us to live. Amen? Okay, Mark chapter 12 verse 16. And uh, there was a discussion about whether or not uh, people should pay taxes. And Jesus responded in verse 16. He asked them for a coin. And he said, and they brought it. And he said unto them, whose is this image and superscription? And they said unto him, Caesar. So they had a picture of Caesar, who was the ruler of Rome, on the image of a coin. It kind of looked like, it wasn't Caesar, but it kind of looked like him. Kind of had resemblance of him. Amen. It was an image. And you could look at that coin and you could, and he said, pay unto Caesar what Caesar's, pay unto God what is God's. Amen? All right? So, we, Adam had it good. 
He was walking in the garden, living in the garden. It was good. Eve came along. He said, whoa, man. Right? And they were, things were going well, but then they had some thoughts. Man, if you just had this information, you'd be like God. Guess what? They were already like God. They were made in his image and in his likeness. And how many know when God makes you in, your, in his image and in his likeness, he'll show you what you need to know. He'll teach you what you need to know. Amen? You don't need to learn from a tree. You can learn directly from God. Going to a tree for knowledge is like relying on the natural side of life, not the spiritual side. How many know God's got all the information you need to live a spiritual, wonderful, excellent, awesome life? But you got to go get some spiritual information, not some natural information. You can't get natural information on how to live for God. You got to get spiritual information. You got to get your information from another realm, from another place. And we have to develop a right self image of us. So Adam fell, right? They ate of the tree that God said, don't eat. They broke his command, they disobeyed him. Were there consequences? Yeah, they died. Did Adam stop breathing? But didn't God say he died? So what died in Adam? His spirit died. The light that was in him was shut off. He was separated from the life of God where prior to that he was connected to the life of God. Now as a result of his sin, a curse came on the earth. Toil, sweat, hard labor, thorns, thistles, animals eating other animals which didn't occur before, all kinds of things, right? So Adam lost his image. His image was tarnished. His image was stained. But God had a way of redoing the image. Did you know God is like those people that can restore a piece of artwork. You ever see those people? They can go in and they can touch it up. You know, they can restore it, right, to make it like it's the original. God wants you made like the original. He wants us to go after the original recipe. Hallelujah. Okay. Go with me to Romans chapter 8 then. Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Romans 8 and verse 29. Romans 8, verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to what? The image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Everything that Adam lost was regained in Christ. Now, everyone that was born into Adam after sin was born into sin. They were born with a sin nature, with a tarnished image, right? They had an incorrect model. All they could see was a man who fell. 
And his fall affected us all, right? But then Jesus came along. And he redid the image, hallelujah. He showed us the right image. He put away the old image. He destroyed the old image. He destroyed the sin that destroyed the image. And he gave us a picture of what we should be, how the life we should live, the things we should have, the things we couldn't do, amen. Amen. He gave us, he brought us back to the original. He completely restored the image that was tarnished. You can't even tell that there was a stain in it by the work that he did. Okay? So we're supposed to be conformed to the image of the Son. We got to get a right image. Too many people are living the Christian life without looking at the right image. People live the Christian life when they look to religion. Guess what? Religion can't define the Christian life. Only Christ can define the Christian life. You can't look to man. Religion is man's attempt to get to God. You can't live a a new way of living through religion. God never came to set up a religion. He came to reestablish a relationship that was broken. Hallelujah. Adam broke his relationship with God. So we got to we got to get the right image, okay? Go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. See, if you're going to live in a new way of living, you got to live according to a different image. You got to have a right image. How many people do you know have a wrong image of themselves? They let the world define them. They let their experiences define them. They let their circumstances define them. They let other people define them. But no, you can only be accurately defined by your manufacturer. Why? He has the original design. Did you know that God is the only one that holds a patent on humanity? They can try to clone whatever they can clone. It doesn't matter. God holds the original patent on humanity, and no one can do it like God did it. What God made was good. He said, it was when God made you, he said, you are very good. Why? Because you're so good, I made you in my image and in my likeness. That's what God thinks of you. You're not going to think lowly of something and then put it in your image. No, whatever you make in your image, you think you value it. It's important to you. Amen? Say, I'm valuable to God. Say, I'm important to God. Say, I'm God's masterpiece. Yes. Do you realize no one in creation can do what you can do? There's no other thing in creation that can have a relationship with God other than you. You are the only one. You are the epitome. Do you realize angels looked in to see what God was making? Hallelujah. All right. 1 Corinthians 15, 49. Say, I got to change my image. Don't look to self-help. You can't help yourself. Amen. You ever been to a bookstore and you see a whole section on self-help? Yeah, see how that works. 
I helped myself. No, you did not. I'm a self-made man. No, you are not. Do you realize even millionaires who owned factories needed people to work in the factories to make them money? They didn't make their own money. They had, they had an idea and they hired people to work and the people working made the thing and it made the thing and it made the owner rich. Amen. But they didn't do it alone is what I'm saying. Okay. First Corinthians 15, 49. As we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. The earthly is the fall of man. The heavenly is the victory after the fall. Hallelujah. You can, we've identified with the earthly, right? Every one of us, before we met Christ, we lived a natural life. We were, we lived in the realm of the senses. We lived in the realm of pleasing and, uh, Putting up with the flesh, right? But when you got born again, you, you now have a, no, a whole new kingdom. You have a new, brand new nature. You're not living according to the old way anymore. You're, you're supposed to live a new way, a new way of living. Say, there's a new way of living for me. It's living just like Jesus lived. It's acting just like Jesus acted. It's thinking just like Jesus thought. Didn't he say we can have the mind of Christ? Well, if you can have his mind, you can have his thoughts. Amen. Didn't he tell his disciples the works that I do, you can do also, but greater works because I'm going home. I'm retiring early. Amen. Can we do like Jesus does? Absolutely. Can we live like Jesus lived? Do you realize that for 33 years, he left an impression on this earth how to live a victorious life? How to live a life where you choose not to sin? How to live a life where you can, you can feed thousands of people with a Long John Silver's two-piece fish dinner? Amen? A life where you can walk on water to go get your disciples. A life where you can speak to trees and storms and fevers and they obey you. Come on. Did Jesus live that way? Did his followers do what he did? Can they still do it today? Absolutely. We're supposed to live a new way of living. Say this is a new way of living. Well, like I said, it's only new to us, but it's not new to God. It's his, it's his original intent. Okay? Go to 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. What are we doing? We're changing our image. Hallelujah. You know, when you have a different picture, you have a different prize. Oh, you, come on. Different picture means different prize. Different, a better reward. How many has ever taken a picture and it was fuzzy? Right? But now with the technology, you can say, oh, I don't like that picture. I'll delete it. I'll take another one. Right? But before, before today, you had to click, click. You had to develop the film. Right? 
and you and you would lose the you would lose the opportunity to retake the photo sometimes. But now in, we can change a photo just like that. If I take a picture of myself and it's fuzzy, I delete it. Why? So I can take a clear picture. God wants you to have a clear picture. The picture of Jesus and how to live is not fuzzy. It's, it's not hidden. It is clear. It is open. It is on display for us. You know, a couple years ago when uh, Josiah was in school, he was in art class. And uh, in art class, he came up with this drawing or this painting, and he got an, uh, an honorable mention reward, and his school had an event at the Hershey Lodge. And they chose his photo for, what was it, third grade? To be one of the photos on display. They had several photos on display from all the school, different grades. But Josiah said, oh, we got to go because they put my picture on display. Right? So we went that day, and I got a picture of it on my phone. His, his photograph with, with the slogan, you know, the little uh, tag saying it was on display for the public to see. I'm telling you something. God put a picture for you on display of what life should be like, of how you can live. It is possible to live like Jesus. That was his whole reason for coming. He did not come in vain. He did not come so that he could be the only one to do what he did. Now, he's the only one that can save us. But in living, we can live just like him. All right, 2 Corinthians 3.18. My goodness. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. You know, we only see the glory minutely right now. We have not seen the full glory of the Lord. We wouldn't be able to handle it. My head would explode <laughs> if I saw it. No, God will give you a glimpse. We get to see a glimpse. Okay, but look it. But we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Say, I'm changed from glory to glory. The glory that you had yesterday is greater today. Say, I'm changed. When you look to Jesus, you become changed. When you focus on Jesus, you become changed. You change into what you were supposed to be, what you were supposed to do. Amen? We look in the glass, but we are changed. Hallelujah. We're changed into the same image, not a different image. So whatever image you put before you, that's what you're going to become. So if you're becoming things that you don't want to be, change your image. Change your model. Change the pattern. Amen? Amen. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds... Of them which believe not. Did you know that unbelievers' minds are blinded? It's preventing them from belief. But then he said, Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I'm telling you, if you have a bad image, just let some light shine on that image. Hallelujah. How many's ever had a piece of silver? 
that was tarnished, right? It looks dull. It lost its luster, right? But you take a little bit of silver polish and a rag. How many's ever done that? And what happens after you shine it up a little bit? The dullness is removed. It begins to glisten again. God wants you to glisten again. He wants the dullness of the bad image to be uh, wiped away, glory to God, with the blood of Jesus. And he wants you to glisten and shine, glory to God. God will enhance your image. Hallelujah. We should be the image of Christ. All right, go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. You love the Lord today? You're learning how to live a different way. Amen? Amen. Colossians 1 and verse 15. Colossians 1 and verse 15. He is talking about the redemption that we have in his blood and the forgiveness in verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. Jesus told his disciples, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Was that true? Yeah. See, Jesus had such a close relationship with his Father. He was in constant communication. Sounds just like the garden before the fall. Right? Everything I say, I hear my Father say. Everything I do, I see my Father do. I am the exact image of my father. I am the exact representative. I am his exact likeness. I speak his words. I do his actions. If you see me, you see the father. No question about it. Jesus is the exact image of God. And we need to be the exact image of Christ. Hallelujah. If he can be the image of the father, we can be the image of him. Hallelujah. Can you imagine it? Glory to God. Okay. How do we change our image? If we have a bad image before us, how do we change our image? Can a leopard change his spots? If Jesus says spots gone, that leopard's going to change his spots. Amen. If Jesus was to call today Monday, this Sunday would become Monday, just like that. Why? Things change when God's word is, goes forth. When Jesus looked, when God looked on this earth and he saw darkness, he wanted to change the image. So what did he do? Light be. He released words and it changed the entire image of the planet. It changed the entire image of the solar system. Darkness left and light be, was popping like popcorn. Pop, 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 pop. Amen. Light was exploding 186,000 miles per second. That's the speed of light, by the way. 186,000. The moment God spoke, 186,000 miles per second began to activate, began to move, began to change the image. Glory to God. One word from God can change your image. All right, go, go with me to Ephesians 4. How do I change my image? Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 20. 
Ephesians chapter 4, but you have not so learned Christ. If you want to change your image, you've got to learn something different. Can a human learn new tricks? Absolutely. You know, you know the phrase, can I, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But guess what? You're not old, you're new. Say, I'm not old, I'm new. Yeah, you're, you, you, the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. You're not an old creature, you're a new creature. You got a, and this is a new way of living. You got a new anointing. Hallelujah. You can walk in newness of life. It's noontime, N-E-W-N. No, you didn't get that. It's noontime, N-E-W-N. I'm not talking about 12 o'clock. I'm talking about N-E-W-N. It's a new moment. It's a new time. Today, right now, is a new moment to change things in your life. Now, a person who deals with physical ailment, whether sickness, disease, infirmity, or weakness, do you realize that puts an image on them? Do you realize after feeling pain for a long time, you begin to see yourself as a pain carrier? You begin to, you begin to take ownership of my sickness. Really? Who gave it to you? Why do we take ownership of it? It puts an image on you, doesn't it? It puts an image of defeat on you. When am I ever going to get over this? When is this ever going to stop hurting? Right? You got to change your image. You got to look to the healer and his health that he freely gives. Amen? See, when you change your image, you'll change your speech. And when you change your speech, you'll change your circumstance. And guess what? You can do it right now. Amen? Say, I am the healed. I am the whole. From the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, I got God's medicine touching every part of my body, strengthening every weak part, fixing every broken part, mending every part that needs fixing. I'm whole. I'm healed. See? A different image. It changes everything. So, you have not so learned Christ. God wants you to learn. You've got to be teachable. Why? You've never been in this kingdom before. Oh, yeah, well, I've been saved 20 years. Yeah, that's just, that's just you're just a youngin. Right? I mean, you're talking about something that's eternal versus 20 years. Doesn't matter if you've been saved for 50 years, you're still a youngin in comparison to eternity. Right? You have not so learned Christ. Okay? Living a spiritual life is a learning process. You're not going to become super spiritual man or super spiritual woman overnight. Now, you have the potential, you already have the goods, you don't have to get anything else, but you have to develop yourself, right? If I decided to be a professional boxer tomorrow, I'm not going to go in the ring tomorrow. 
You kidding me? I'm going to go to the gym and train before I get into the ring. You're not going to become super Christian overnight. But you know what? You keep developing yourself. You keep looking at the right image. You keep letting that image speak to you. Hallelujah. You keep learning from that image. And guess what? You're developing your super skills. You're de- and, and, and you become supernatural man or woman. Amen? Okay? You have not so learned Christ. Okay? You got to unlearn some old things and you got to learn some new things. How many has ever had a nasty habit? We all have. <laughs> Do you realize you didn't, you don't unlearn a, a nasty habit overnight? How many has realized that? It takes some time, at least 21 to 30 days consecutively, constantly and continually. And if you stop at day 15, you've got to start over again. Right? It takes just a little bit of time to change habits that don't produce life in order to make habits that produce life. So we got to unlearn some old things and we got to learn some new things. But thank God, God's given us a teacher, the Holy Ghost. He's given us a manual, the Bible. This is the encyclopedia of heaven. This is heaven's encyclopedia. This is God's word. This is Jesus on pages. We have Jesus in the flesh and we have Jesus on the page. Same thing. They're the exact same. God does not differentiate from his word. His word does not differentiate from him. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all agree completely with the Word, and the Word completely agrees with them. Okay? All right? Jesus is our example, our role model, and our pattern. He teaches us through His Word and His Spirit. He teaches us how to live this new life. He showed us, He wrote us, and He teaches us. You know, one of the psalmists said he will teach you to do his will. God takes time and he, he will teach you his will. Amen? He is the true image of what we are to be. We are to be Jesus. If the word can be made flesh, amen, and, and, and a man be born, then the word can change your flesh. Sick flesh can become healed flesh. Lost flesh can become saved flesh. Weak flesh can become strong flesh. Broke flesh can become rich flesh. Amen? Okay? Jesus is truth personified. We are to resemble him in all things, the way we think, the way we act, and the way we speak. Okay? Let's move on. We're still in Ephesians 4, 20. Verse 21. If so, be that you have heard him. How many have heard him? You all are here today. You're you're in a Bible-believing church, right? You have heard him. So, in order to Live a new way of life, you've got to learn and you've got to hear. What comes by hearing? Faith comes by hearing. Faith is the currency where you can upgrade your image, 
We use faith as a currency to upgrade our image. Glory to God. Woo! I've been through the car wash. I, I had a car that was covered in spots of sin and destruction. But I went through the wash and it wasn't water. It was blood. And I went through the flood of blood. Hallelujah. And I came out on the other end better than when I went in. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay? If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Say the truth is in Jesus. You're not going to learn about the kingdom listening to philosophy. You're certainly not going to learn about the kingdom listening from the world. The only person that is an expert on the kingdom is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. Amen? This is kingdom material. You want to build God's kingdom in your life? This is kingdom material. Amen? And God constantly makes sure you have enough material for the job site to get the job done. Okay? So, you've got to Hear him, and you've got to be taught by him. Notice, he takes personally, he personally teaches you through his Holy Spirit. Did you know that God didn't give us another spirit? He gave us his own spirit. It's the spirit of God. It's the spirit of truth. It's the same spirit that was in Jesus. It's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It was the same spirit that was hovering over creation when God spoke. See, I had the same spirit. So we all have the same opportunity to change our image. See, you're not going to live the spiritual life or this new life without changing your image. Do you realize, even if you're a believer, you might need to change your image? How many ever eaten something and dropped something on your clothes? You know, uh, I went to Carson's Ribs in Chicago. This is when I was a single man a long time ago. And uh, their barbecue sauce is flowing so freely, they give you a bib. When you sit at the table, they put a plastic bib on you. And it's got like a little container. I felt like a little, ba- a little child, you know, with a bib on. But let me tell you something. I had barbecue sauce. Ever- Thank God for that bib. That bib protected that barbecue sauce from getting on me. <laughs> Amen. True story. The moment you sit down, the waiter puts a bib on around you and ties it around your neck. Hallelujah. Okay, what happens, what do you need to do when you heard him and when you're taught by him? You need to discard some things. Verse 22 says, put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. That's the, the conversation means lifestyle. Put off the old lifestyle or the old manner of living which is corrupt to deceitful lusts. How many know when you come to Christ, you've got to discard your previous way of life? Say, out with the old. In with the new. All right? You've got to put off your old self, how you thought, how you spoke, and how you acted, because now you've got to do it in a different way. And the only way you can do it differently is by getting new information, getting new teaching. Amen? Getting help from him. Say, Jesus is my helper. Isn't that what the Holy Spirit said? I've given you another what? Helper. 
He's here to help you. God's given you all the help that you're ever going to need. He'll help you get healed. He'll help you prosper. He'll help you in any way of life. God is a helper. He wants to help you. Let him help you. Okay? So we got to discard some things and we got to put on some new things, right? Your previous way of life is corrupt through deceitful desires. Your old man, the old way of thinking has been corrupted by sin. Sin infected the old man. It's, it's corrupted. You can't use it. Do you realize if you have a program that's been corrupted, when you share that program with another machine, that machine then will get its corruption also. The only way to get an uncorrupted program is to have a new program. How many know God gave us a new program? A new life. Hallelujah. Can I preach it this morning? Yes, I can. Okay. Verse 23. How am I going to live this new way? And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You've got to remove some mindsets that developed under the old man. You got some, you got some things that latched on to you when you transferred your, uh, property. You went from darkness to light. Amen. When you made that transfer, you, you had some things that kind of stuck on you. Like leeches. How many's ever had a leech on them? I have, because walking through the, you know, leeches latch on to you and suck your blood. They're not pleasant. They're slimy little black creatures. I don't even like fishing with them. And I have fished with them before. Leeches suck. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) So you got to remove the leech. Like you got to remove the tick. Why? Because if they stay latched on to you, they will eventually destroy you. If those old thoughts stay in your mind, if they, if they st- still have a place in, in, in your new, new residence, they're going to end up destroying you. You've got to get rid of them. Throw them in the trash. You don't need them anymore. You've got an entirely new method of operation. I got a new M.O. It's called the eternal life. Hallelujah. It's called the, the, the God kind of life. It's called the Jesus life. Hallelujah. That's my M.O. right now. That's my modus operandi. And I'm not going to be here for 10 days, so I'm going to preach it today. Amen? And you're going to hear it. But it'll be good. So your new life requires you to renew your mind. Romans 12, 2, or 12, 1, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Say, renew the mind. How do you renew the mind? You got to put new information in it so that you can develop a new image in your mind. And once you have the new image, then that becomes your goal. And that's how you live. You live according to the image. Amen. You want to change your image from weakness to strength? Put up a strong man. Put up Tony Atlas. Amen. 
and just put your picture on the head. Right? So, if you want to be rich, you're not going to be rich God's way, talking poor, speaking lack, focusing on what you don't have versus what he can provide. See the difference? If you get healed, you're not going to keep your healing if you talk sickness. Why? I speak healing because I, I'm, I've got the image of a healer. I'm seeing healing. Amen? Does that mean go home and throw all your medication away? No. While you take your medication, you say, I'm healed. Amen? While you're following your doctor's protocol, I'm healed. You're working together. Amen? You're not tra- Listen, they have the same image. Just, just be in agreement with God. Amen? You do what you do, and you do what God says, and the combination of it. So you've got to continually put the right image in your thoughts so you can live differently. You're not going to live differently with wrong thoughts, wrong thinking. If you don't change your thoughts, your life will not change. Your life will not change. How many remember Muhammad Ali? Before he was ever a champ, you know what he called himself? I'm the champ. How many know that, right? He called himself the champ. What did he become? He became what he said. The woman with the issue of blood, she became healed. Why? Because of what she said. She spoke healing. If I would touch his clothes, I shall be. Right? She, was, she made a bold statement. She was determined. And guess what? She got what she said. Jarius got what he said. Come and lay your hands on my daughter, and she shall be well. That's exactly what happened. It's not a coincidence that he got what he said. Why? He had a different image. Jairus didn't look at death. He looked at the life giver. He looked at Jesus. Okay? All right? Verse 24. So we put off the old man, and we renew our minds. Now verse 24. Put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The characteristics of this new life that God wants you to live is righteousness, truth, and holiness. Now you are living your life right, true, and holy. You're not living a lie. So many people want to get, live a lie. They're pretenders. You know what a pretender is? That's a hypocrite. It's a play actor. It's someone who's wearing a mask. They're not being... God is into true. He's into sincere, and he's into genuine. So stop pretending. Okay? Ingredients of the new mind are righteousness, holiness, and truth. All right? Put on the new man. That's the action of faith. You, you, you operate the new... Life by faith. Amen? Amen? Faith in Christ provides you with a new image, a new pattern, and a new model. I'm following after Christ. Didn't, don't, how many people got saved and you called yourself a Christian? You know what that means? I'm a Christ follower. Well, are you? 
Or are you just pretending to follow him? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christ follower, but I don't do what he says. I don't do what he wants me to do. I do my own thing. Well, you just lied. You're a hypocrite. And that's not going to amount to anything. You, you still have the old image. Amen? How many of you ladies, when you buy a new dress, you put the old dress and the new dress on at the same time? Hmm? I mean, you found the dress that's your color, your size, fits perfectly. You are not going to share that dress with any old thing. Right? You're going to wear it because it's new. And you'd be like, ooh, I got a new... You know, when you put on something new, it puts a walk in you. You think differently. You walk differently. Am I right about it? Amen. Hallelujah. The guys do that same thing too. Right? When you become a new creature, you got to put on the new man. Amen? you got to think and speak and act out of your new nature. Your new nature has been recreated in Christ. Hallelujah. What tarnished you is no longer on you. The tarnish has been removed. The spot that it caused has been done away with. There's not even any evidence that there was a spot there. You have been recreated in Christ Jesus. You have been reconnected to God. You have a new relationship with your father once again because of what Christ has done. He did it for you. That's why he did it. 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'm going to read this from the Amplified. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how many of you are in, in Christ? Say he's talking to me. That is grafted in, joined to him by faith to him as Savior. He is a new creature. Say, I'm a new creature. Notice he didn't say you're an old sinner saved by grace. You're a completely new creature. You're different. You are back in the garden. Madison Square Gardens, no, Heaven Square Gardens. I'm walking in heaven's gardens, glory to God. Well, I've been reconnected to my father. Hallelujah. I, got a, I can fellowship with him. I can talk with him. I can go to his presence anytime I want. I can go to the CEO of the universe and have a conversation. His door is always open to me and to you, to every believer. Amen? Believers can be there at the same time and not know that anybody else is there. Why? God's omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. Amen? You don't have to sit in line to get into your father's house. You can just walk right in. Amen? And he has time for you. Why? Because you're valuable to him. When he sees you walk in, he sees a little bit of himself walk in. Come on. All right? Your Christian life has been raised to a new standard with a new set of laws to follow and a new way to live each and every day. We have a new standards, right? Holiness, righteousness, truth, those are new standards. Oh, you may have been truthful before you met Christ, but you were still bound by the flesh. 
You were just natural truth. Amen? But this is the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, the life. Okay? You can choose to live like Christ or live like someone else. Deuteronomy 39, I've said before you, life and death, blessing and the curse, I would that you choose life, but it's your choice. How many, if you choose life today, say amen. amen. If you choose God today, say amen. amen. Say, I choose to live a different way today. If you made that choice, say amen. Amen, amen means so be it. You know what the root word of imagine is or imagination? It's image. All right. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Notice when you put on the new man, you've got to stop lying. Truth and lies can't reside in the same place or the same atmosphere. And Jesus said, if you're either for me, you're against me. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area. All right, Ephesians 5.1. But you, therefore, followers of God, as dear children, you know that word followers is the word imitators. God wants you to imitate him. Say, God wants me to imitate him. Act like him, talk like him, think like him, speak like him, love like him, give like him, live like him. Amen? He is our, he is our pattern, he is our model, he is our example. Okay? Hallelujah. Matthew, Jesus said in Matthew 5.48, you don't have to turn there. He says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. See, I can be perfect. Everybody hold up two hands. Say, I'm a perfect hand. Woo, glory to God. You know, God voted for you, right? Because he elected you. So God, God's got your vote. Or you've got God's vote, I should say. God elected you. You're God's elect. Say, I'm God's elect. What, what position did he elect you to? Being a son? That's a position. It, that's being uh, seated with Christ in heavenly places, being blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what a son is. A son has nothing to do with gender. A son is a position. You've been positioned in Christ. You've been put in Christ. Christ's been put in you because you invited him. He came in, but then God put you in him. He hid you in Christ. Woo! When you're hidden in Christ, the devil didn't know where you went. Where'd they go? I'm hidden in Christ. Can't touch me, can't see me. Glory to God. The only way you can let the devil speak to you is if you pick up your foot. Some of you didn't get that. He's under my feet. If you, want to, if you want to have a conversation with the devil, just pick up your foot. That's the only way that he can speak to you. <laughs> Why? You have authority over him. He has to do what you tell him to do. If you say shut up, he can't speak. If you say go, he has to leave. He can't do anything about it. What is an imitator? Oh, well, let, me, let me give you this. Jesus said, be merciful as your father is merciful. Sounds to me like if, if he said it, you could do it. Yeah. Be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving as in Christ. We can be just as forgiving as Christ is for you. 
Well, I'm never going to forgive them. Yeah, Jesus is saying, yeah, I waited 10 years to, <laughs> I waited 10 years for you to receive my forgiveness. It's a, if God can forgive you, you can forgive them. And you should. You don't want to hold grudges. Because that leads to spiritual deterioration. We don't want to deteriorate, we want to increase. Philippians 2.15, be blameless and pure without fault and shine as light like God. You can shine just, just as much as God shines. Right? Hallelujah. What's an imitator? An imitator is one who imitates or emulates. Uh, the term is to mimic. How many ever said Simon says? What are you supposed to do when Simon says? Anything that Simon says, you're supposed to do, right? If you don't do what Simon says, you lose. Right? How I many know we got to do what Jesus says? Amen? An imitator, positive imitation arises by admiring the pattern set by someone worthy of emulation. As you observe the pattern of someone who is worthy of emulation, and you start to mimic them. Kids do this naturally. Right? How many ever kids in the house, right? They, they do what you do. They say what you say. Come on, am I right? Kids don't even think about it, and they do that. Amen? Sometimes you wish, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Why? Because then your kid's saying it. Uh, yeah. Hallelujah. All right? So, glory to God. All right, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. What are we doing? We're talking about living a new way of life. Everybody say a new way. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 7. It's talking about our old life. He said, in the which you also... Walk, this is Colossians 3, 7. In the which you also walked sometime when you lived in them. But now, everybody say, but now. Listen, now has come. There's never been a better moment right now to change your image. Y'all are going to get an upgrade today. You're going to change your image. And it's going to be good, wonderful, awesome, incredible. Okay? But now you also put off all these. Anger. I can't help but I'm just an angry person. Put it off. Wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication. Put it off. Out of your mouth. Lie not to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Different picture, different results. Hallelujah. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, Barbian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. (laughs) Your status and your position doesn't matter once you're in Christ. In Christ, we are all children of God. 
Not everybody on this planet is God's child. We are not, not everybody on this planet is God's children. Only them that believe in him. Only them that walk with him. Amen? Why? Jesus said to the Pharisees, you have your father the devil. Plain and simple. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I'm getting ready to close the box and put a bow on it. <laughs> that just came to me. Never thought about that right now other than this moment. Hebrews 10:19. Are you enjoying this? Is this helping you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Someone say, Hallelujah! Someone say, Glory to God! God is good! Hallelujah! This is exciting stuff. Hebrews 10:19. Having, therefore, boldness. Where did the boldness come? It came from the new image. It came from the new pattern. It came from the new way of living. See, I, I'm bold. What do we have boldness for? Having, bold, having, therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. No more condemnation. Hallelujah. By a new and living way. A new and living way which he has consecrated for us. Through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. When man sinned, man had no way to get back to God. No way to make his wrong right. No way to make up for it. But Jesus came and he made a way. He broke down the barrier and he said, come, follow me. I, I know the way. He, he, he got you out of sin and into life. He knows the way. It's a new and living way which he consecrated for us, which he prepared for us. If someone prepares something for you, do they expect you to participate in it? If I invited you over our house and said, we're going to make you a meal, right? And you come and you come to the house and we make the meal and you sit down and say, I'm full. I'm not going to participate. No, you said you were going to participate. I prepared it for you and I expect you to participate. So get out your fork and get going. Right? When you prepare something for someone, you expect them to participate. God expects us to participate in this new life. He expects us to walk in newness of life. He expects us to live a different way, to talk a different way, to think a different way. Hallelujah. He expects that. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone through so much preparation to get it ready for you, to make it possible for you. He prepared it. So walk in it. Look at your neighbor and say, walk in it. All right. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with new water, let us hold fast to our profession of faith. Amen? Without wavering. Everybody say without wavering. This new way of living is waver-free. You can't waver in this new life. What does waver mean? You can't hold two opinions. You got to stick with one, God's opinion. Amen? Hallelujah. 
So Jesus opened up a life-giving way. Amen? He made a new way for us, a new, a new life for us to live, a new way of living. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, go to Romans 6, and I'm almost done. The box is closed. I'm getting out the ribbons. Romans 6 and verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Did God save you so that you could continue in sin? No. He answered that. No. God forbid. God forbid. You shouldn't do that. Why? He, he destroyed the power of sin. You don't have to sin. Say, I don't have to sin. Say, I don't have to sin. Yeah, before you couldn't help it, but now you can. Okay? Verse 2. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? I like what the angel said to those who came to the tomb. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Listen, when things are alive, they don't hang around things that are dead. Even, even God issued uh, precepts to, to people who took a Nazarite vow. They couldn't touch any dead thing. Why? God, God made you for life, not for death. Because you've you got so much life in you that when you touch something dead, it'll, it'll, it'll get, life will get in it. Amen? Okay, not, know you not that so many of us were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death? Jesus died, so did you. How did we die? We crucify the flesh. We crucify his desires. We tell our flesh no or yes, depending on what God said. Now the word of God becomes our governor. Okay, all right. Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism into death, verse 4, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we, does that sound like the same thing? Even so we? Also should walk how? In newness of life. What are you doing? I'm walking in newness of life. I'm confident. I'm bold. I'm assured. Amen? Why? I'm in Christ. I got my big brother. He's with me. He's in me. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Hallelujah. You know, if you ever want to cast out a devil, you've got to know that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Okay? So we're supposed to walk in the newness of life. Verse 5, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Where where does he dwell? In you. Say, he dwells in me. All right? Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. If something is destroyed, can it hurt you? It's destroyed. As far as you are concerned, because when you put your faith in Christ, you sealed the destruction of sin in your life. You've been washed with the blood. You've been made a new creature. Hallelujah. Okay. 
Our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So we shouldn't participate with sin. We shouldn't serve sin. Amen? Amen. Why? We have dominion over it. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Say, I'm freed from sin. When did you die? You died when you accepted Christ. And your new life began. Amen? Jesus told an adulterous woman. Now, she was caught in adultery, but as far as I know, adultery takes two. You can't adultery with yourself. Right? So the other guy, I don't know where he was, but they caught this woman. I mean... What were they doing? Just watching the house, watching the window? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But what did Jesus tell the woman? Go and sin what? Was it possible for her not to sin anymore? Yeah, I mean, if you've been caught like that, I I guarantee you, it scared the sin out of you. (laughs) Right? But Jesus said, where are your accusers? Oh, I don't know. Where'd they go? I don't accuse you either. But he said, go and sin no more. When is the cycle of sin going to stop in your life? I keep falling. Why do you keep falling? Because you're looking at the wrong image. It's causing you to miss living the life that you should be living. Sin will mess you up. Listen, don't you put up with sin. If people are sinning around you, it's not okay. Why? Because it's going to affect you. So if you're in an atmosphere of sin and you're letting it go, you might as well just participate with it. Jesus said, go and sin no more. When Zacchaeus, you know, short guy, banker, tax guy, he was the head IRS agent. Matter of fact, he had several IRS agents underneath him. And he ran to see Jesus. He had to climb a tree. How many, would, how many of us would be willing to climb a tree just to see Jesus? He's going, to be going, he's going to be walking right back there. I'm going to go climb up this tree because he was so short he couldn't see above the crowd. Well, he sees Jesus, right? Jesus looked at him and said, today I'm going to have lunch at your house. And what does Zacchaeus do? He said, if I've wronged anybody, I will pay them back four times. Sounds to me like at one point he was stealing from people, but now that he met Jesus instantly, he decided he was going to live a different way. I'm going to give instead of take. Amen? How about the Apostle Paul? Did it take him long to overcome his his need for persecution Christians? Paul had this bad habit of persecuting Christians, right? And in one encounter with the Lord on the road to Damascus, he sees the true. He sees the life that he should live. Right? And do you realize... Paul became what he used to persecute? Think about that. What Paul used to go out and hunt, he now became. And he saw the light. He heard the voice, right? He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, go to the city. It'll be told you. For three days, Paul was blind. He didn't eat anything. He fasted. God sent Ananias to come on him. He walked on him. He said, Brother Saul... He laid his hands on him. Scales fell off Paul's eyes. Paul got baptized in the Holy Ghost and got baptized in water. And how long did it take for him to preach? Just go to Acts 9 for just a quick second. Look at this. Acts 9 for a quick second. 
Okay? Verse 19. Acts 9, verse 19. And when he had received meat... He was strengthened, then, Saul, then was Saul certain days with the disciples, which were at Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the true Son of God. Everybody say straightway. It didn't take him long to get over the habit of persecuting Christians. He didn't have to attend a seminar, how, how to get free from, how to stop persecuting Christians. Why? He made one decision to embrace the new way of living. And he started living the new life immediately. The minute you make a decision that you're going to be all in for God, you can start immediately walking in the new life, living the life that God meant for you to live, fulfilling his assignment and purpose, doing his will, hallelujah. The moment you make that decision, God will move heaven and earth on your behalf. Hallelujah. How about Mary Magdalene? That woman was walking around with seven devils in her. Can you imagine having seven devils as house guests? She was a prostitute. She probably lived in um, bad conditions, right? So she met Jesus, and those seven devils got evicted. Was there a day that she did not follow Jesus? She was there from the moment he met, she met him to the moment he rose from the dead and she was in the upper room, got filled with the Holy Ghost. Who was at the tomb? Mary Magdalene. When the disciples were leaving, Mary was there. Why? She decided to walk in this new life. She was so thankful that seven devils got cast out of her that she dedicated her life to live for God, to go where he was, to support him with her means. And she never looked back for a second. She never quit. She stayed on the road. She stayed focusing on the master, looking at the right image so that she could walk in the newness of life. You keep the master in your sights. You keep him in your thoughts. You keep him in your words. Can you say amen? My goodness. I have one more scripture to go. That's it. And, uh, all right go to Galatians chapter 2 Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 Woo! Galatians 2 20 listen to what the man who met Jesus on the road to Damascus said Galatians 2 20 I am not I was I am we have to live a crucified life. How can I live when I'm crucified? That's the beauty of the new living. You can say no to your flesh and yes to your spirit. I am crucified with Christ. My old life is put off. My old man is done away. Speak to the hand, old man. Amen. Speak to the hand, old man. You know, the old man will try to talk to you. He'll try to tell you, oh, remember what, how we had it in Egypt? Oh, the leeks and onions in Egypt. No, milk and honey in the promised land. You were a slave in Egypt. You're free in the promised land. Being free is better than being a slave. Speak to the hand, old man. 
Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But why? Christ, the anointing, the anointing lives in me. Hallelujah. And the life that I now live, the life I'm living a different life. I'm living a different way. I'm living in a different manner. I have a different M.O. The life that I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live to represent my thankfulness to the gift that God gave me. I am so grateful and thankful that I've been saved from hell, that I've been delivered from death. I'm going to live my life for God. I'm going to fulfill his will. I'm going to do his purpose. I'm going to put him first. I'm going to change the way I live. I'm going to change the way I speak. I'm going to change the way I walk. Glory to God. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. When you try to live a spiritual life according to natural means, you will frustrate the grace of God. How many of you have ever been frustrated? You know, Charlie Brown, oh, brother. I mean, how many times is Charlie Brown going to let Lucy hold the ball? I mean, really. Every time she holds the ball, he's about to kick it, and she moves, and he falls on his back. How many times, Charlie Brown, are you going to let Lucy hold the ball? It's time you, you put the ball in someone else's hands. Don't frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And I don't even have time to give you ten characteristics of a spiritual life according to Romans 8. Maybe when I get back, I don't know. Amen? How many are ready to live a different way? To have different results? God wants you to live a different life. He wants you to live a healed life. A full life. An abundant life. A good life. Amen? You want that? If you want that, stand to your feet. I know I'm long-winded, but it's good wind. (laughs) It's good wind. Amen? This is good wind. Hallelujah. Maybe you are in a situation today where you're struggling. Struggling is not bad because the opportunity to struggle exists in this world. But we don't have to struggle anymore. Amen? With one decision, with one action, we can live the spiritual life. We can live the new way of living. Amen? We get to live, we get to live on earth according to the standards of heaven. Amen? When it comes to supplying needs, our needs are supplied by heaven. Our knowledge comes from heaven. Every one of you have been enrolled in heaven's university. And we are lifetime students. Tuition free. Because your tuition has already been paid for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we've got the greatest professor the, the greatest uh, 
knowledgeable expert on every matter called the Holy Ghost who has been given to us so that we can learn and walk in this new life that God has made available for us. Hallelujah. Let's walk in a new life today. Let's change the way we think, change the way we speak, change the way we act, because we are looking at the model. We are looking at the example. We are looking at the pattern that has been laid before us in the name of Jesus in the word of God. This is victory. This is health. This is strength. This is power. And it's for us right now, today, in the name of Jesus. And if you've been feeling like you've been struggling, I want you to come up and struggle no more. I want you to come up and be free indeed. I want you to come up and be free as a bird in the name of Jesus. Amen. Experience the freedom that Christ came to give us. 